Drive gets inside, leans in, knocked away, it's stolen by Holiday. Now up for the layup, oh, blocked by James. To Curry, way down top, bang, bang. the Tiger. Just call me Is Zion gonna want out soon? Here's the thing, I don't think the front office of that organization, of that New Orleans organization, knows what the heck they're doing. What can I say? Mamba out. Hey guys, welcome back to the Course Hate Podcast. I am your host, Josh Beanings, and today we are back with another episode, another day of stuff happening. Um... Okay, well, that statement's not that true because not a lot of things are happening. Like, you have some small signings, like, um, the Magic making some moves. You see all these different rumors and all these different perspectives of Kevin Durant stuff unfolding and whatnot. So, you're seeing all of that. So, nothing too significant. So, on today's podcast episode... Because normally I do not record on a Wednesday, but I want to get back on track of everything. I thought this was important. I wanted to discuss this. And I want to discuss the Lakers. If they have a possible chance in making the playoffs. And the reason why I want to talk about that now, and not really putting this into a series, but the reason why I'm putting into this now about looking at the offseason and translating that to regular season, and of course the postseason, is because two articles came out. Well, a bunch of articles came out, but two topics, two headlines were pressing through. And in that, we found out that Rob Polinka, Darvin Ham, and LeBron James met. They had a meeting. It was considered productive. It was considered informative. I'm going to break that down. And there was also um, Darvin Ham, the head, he's the head coach of the Los Angeles Lakers, has a plan for the Lakers' offense, and he wants to run it through this player. And no, it's not LeBron James. So, stuff like that came out. And I want to talk to you guys on why I believe LeBron James is going to return to the Lakers, even though that should not be up to uh, discussion because I know how his career is going to end because I created an article a few months ago detailing how his career is going to end. I'll link it down below for you guys. Speaking about all of that, you guys know where to find us. This is now revolutionary stuff here. It's social media at its finest, and you know where to find us. It's just at Corsair Heat. The only time it differentiates is for Instagram. Instagram would be Corsair Heat NBA. Twitter would be Corsair Heat. Same with Facebook. Same with Tumblr, if I ever post there anymore, that's only when I post to Instagram because who really uses Tumblr anymore? But our core ones are Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. And an interesting tidbit I found out about Instagram is that they're only allowing you to do 15 minute videos now, it's longer an hour. I don't know why. A uh, whole thing I was just doing something wrong, but I was trying to upload yesterday's podcast episode to my page to my social media page, but of course, that did not want to go smooth for me, and of course, it, it just ended all bad for me, anyways, anyways, getting sidetracked, that's where you can find me, um, 
it's just social media. Now, if you're not a big social media guy or gal, that's fine. Totally understandable. Um, you can find us at court. You can find us on the website, courtcity.com. You can text us if you still want to be interactive, still want to engage with us. That's fine. Now, if you don't want to do through social media, you can just text us up through the Courtier text line, which is 602-791-2108. Um, no announcements for today. Nothing pressing. I still have uh, projects in mind I'm going to re be revealing within the next few weeks, right? But nothing too pressing, nothing too serious right now. But like I stated a few minutes ago, my goal for today's podcast episode is to cover the Lakers, briefly cover the Lakers roster offseason, how that translates to the regular season, if they can gear up for a postseason run, if they have a finals run in them, and then looking at the top two headlines that have been making their rounds since the beginning of this week. So let's jump right into this podcast episode on this beautiful Wednesday morning. Um, so let's just jump right into it. Lakers, let's break down their death chart. I'm going to recap their offseason by looking at their death chart. That's how I'm going to pretty much doing all of this stuff. You want to know why? Because it makes it A, easier on me, B, it makes it easier on you guys too, and C, it just flows better in the pantheon of things. Um, so, you're looking at this team. Before we get the head coach's opinions on this and his thoughts and ideas and what LeBron James considered to be good and bad, right? Let's just break down their depth chart. They lost, they lost Malik Monk. They lost Ken Bazemore. They lost some guys. But they also add some guys. They they added uh, Thomas Thomas Bryant, Juan Toscano Anderson, Lonnie Walker. They added a lot of guys. They added a few guys. Now, they added Scotty Pippen Jr. They added death related guys. And before I get into this, I need everyone to understand a concept. Very basic concept, and I believe this can be understood I believe and it's this concept when I talk about deaf players when I talk about deaf related players like if I say Scotty Pippen Jr. he's deaf related that he was signed for deaf chart purposes like just for deaf the robster I'm talking about he's not effective right now or he may not be a starter in the second line second rotation he's just there the first space because he's a point guard. So he's filling out. He's going to be in the fifth line. So just understanding that. And I hope I gave a clear understanding. If I did not, I do apologize. But pretty much when I talk about guys they signed, and I don't say it was for deaf reasons, then that's somewhat more significant. I'm not saying those guys are significant, but they uptake different roles. They have different roles. They have different purposes on the team. Scotty Pippa Jr.'s role, for example, just use him as an example, is for death. It's just in their active body. Another guy they can throw into the game for a few minutes. 
to give some guys some breathers. Just giving that example and stuff like that. So, I just want to clarify that if I ever got too confusing on anything. Now, looking at the Los Angeles Lakers depth chart. You got five positions. You got to fill those five positions. You got to fill out those five positions appropriately. And how do you do that? I'm not going to be grilling all these guys. I'm going to give you my assessment, my brief assessment. And this is no detailed, like overly detailed, going inside it all, breaking down like shots, like all that, breaking down all of, like the detailed stuff. Like how much point, how many points going to score, says rebounds, steals, blocks, uh, points per game, like points per 100%, like whatever it is. I'm not going to be doing 100 per hundred per possession or any stuff like that. I hope I said that right. Either way, but yeah. It's going to be nice and simple. I'm just going to tell you if they're going to have a good year, a bad year, a maybe year, a med year, an improvement year. So are some guys I like on the Lakers. Am I the biggest Anthony Davis fan? No, no, no. Am I the biggest LeBron James fan? Not when he plays Phoenix Suns. I can respect his career. I like his career. I like the style that he plays. I just don't consider him to be Jordan-like. Again, that's a conversation for a different day. Do I, do I like Russell Westbrook? You guys sure already know the answer. It would be no. I don't like that man at all. Not $47 million worth. Whatever it is. Do I like Austin Reeves? Do I like Stanley Johnson? Do I like Gabriel, Wenyel Gabriel? Do I like Kendrick Nunn? Do I like THT? Maybe. Maybe not. But I'm about to tell you guys that. So I'm going to tell you guys everyone they have from the starters all the way up to the fifth line. And you're going to see a lot of repeats. And that's going to tell you all about their death. But again, then again, it's appropriate for them to be having guys in different positions, just not starting. So, let's start with a point guard. Our starter is going to be Russell Westbrook. Our second line, our second line, so our backup point guard would be Kendrick Nunn. Our third line point guard would be Austin Reeves. Our fourth line point guard would be LeBron James. And our fifth line point guard would be Scottie Pippen Jr. How do we break? How, okay, I'm going to break it down. So I'm going to tell you guys five. I'm going to break it down for them. See if point guard is a need for them or not. Look, um, statistically, Russell Westbrook is there. Statistically, he's a Hall of Fame guy. He's just winding down. Was he always this possessive, egotistical player? Maybe. They work out that much in OKC, but when he grew bigger and he became more famous, then yeah. But let's just take it from the player standpoint. If this man, if this dude's able to get you 25 and 5 per game, or 20, 10, 10, like however he gets it, but he has to have selflessness. So I'm just going to do 25 and 5 for fun. Or I'm going to do 15, 5 and 5. That's still very good for a point guard. You know what? I'm going to do. 15, 8, and 5 because he's a playmaker. I'm going to give him those 8 assists per game. 
That's pretty strong for a point guard. If he's consistent, if he's able to fix his three-point shot, especially in the corners, if he's able to fix his jump shot, fix his shot in general, quit airballing shots, and he's able to have more offensive consistency, that's in the more positive trends, having a more positive outlook. I think year one was a filler. I think year one was a down, a very poor year for him, yes, but I also think it was a down year for him. And I believe what goes down must come up, or should come up. And for Westbrook, as much as I do not like him, I think of him as a phenomenal playmaker back in his day, and I still believe that can be applied to his veteran days, his upcoming season. I truly do believe that. And out of non-Reeves, or Pippen, um, or just excluding Reeves because you can't have Reeves playing both guard positions. So if it's between Westbrook, Nunn, or Pippen, I would take Westbrook because he's the best out of the three, and I believe that he's the better playmaker than everyone excluding LeBron James. Because if LeBron James wanted to be the ultimate playmaker, ultimate triple-double master, he could even to this day, even looking into next season. So I believe for the starting role, for the starting position for the Lakers, Russell Westbrook's Russell Russell Westbrook suits it. Kendrick Nunn, yeah. You then you put Reeves or James right then in three and four. Scottie Pippen Jr. Look, I don't expect them to be crazy impressive. I wouldn't be surprised if he got put down to G League or something. I don't know the contract he signed. I don't know if it was a two-way or not. I don't know the agreement. I don't know the terms of that contract. What I do know is is that he's not his father, Scottie Pippen. Could he manifest himself into something? Yes. But right off the bat, he's not going to be this elite guard. He's not going to be this elite shooter. He's not going to be this elite ball. Whatever it is. Defender. Stealer. I don't, I don't, I don't care what category he's not going to be elite now. So just letting you guys know about that. So if you guys are diehard Scottie Pippen fans or Scottie Pippen Junior fans, just don't expect them to be that big for this season. Not going to happen. Maybe in a fairy tale, yes, but not in reality. So in a reality setting, that's not going to happen. Could it? Yes. Not this season though, especially if he's coming for the fifth line, because you have to. You have to pretty much look at it this way. You have to look at it this way. When you're looking at the lines, he's playing. It's just playing. Like, if you're looking at those lines, it's like, okay. Like, fifth, fifth line guys don't get that much. Right? Fifth line guys don't get that much. That's just a fact. THD is not going to get that much. It's not going to main touches. It's going to get some. The fifth line guys are limited in playing time and their capabilities on the court because of how many touches they get with the ball. Now, we're going to find out if they can move around the court, be effective without the ball, be efficient without the ball. But right now, fifth, fifth line guys don't get that much. But right now, how I'm currently looking at things, point guard's not bad. None's good for being deaf and being a backup, right? 
Um, same with Pippen, Reeves, James. Yeah. So when you're mixing all those different point guards, when you're mixing all those different guards in there, it's not too bad. But looking at how strong the starting role is, the starting position is, I'm okay with that. I'm not the biggest fan of Westbrook, but I do believe he's going to have a better year beyond the stats because anyone can have good stats if they're able to play 30-plus minutes and pretty much be ball-dominant, ball-heavy, right? An egotistical on the court. Um, the Lakers have to get rid of that. I'm going to talk about that in a bit, but I'm going to just break down the depth chart real quick. But I say right now, on paper, Westbrook can become better. I think he can evolve to be a better player, a better teammate, a better role model, a better role player for that team. I truly do believe that. And I think the point guard position can be filled and can be successful if he's able to play better, not statistically. Because you go get his stats and say, it's not his fault. Watch him play. I've watched him play many games. When he had good games, when he had bad games. He had more bad than good. But, next season, I believe it could be different. Austin Reeves. So, this was shooting guard. Austin Reeves is the starter. Lonnie Walker, the fifth. Or the sixth. I don't know. Six. There's too many Walkers. I think it's the sixth. I don't know. Uh, Lonnie Walker, he's the second line guy. Third line. Oh, I'm sorry. Third, yeah, third line would be Troy Brown Jr. Fourth would be Kendrick Nunn. Fifth would be T.A.T. Talhorn Tucker. I feel bad for Tucker because he's not a really good name. Oh, I'm sorry. I missed completely. Never mind. I don't feel bad for Tucker. I kept seeing him down at the fifth line. I had to scroll back over for the start. So I'm like, I could have sworn he was a starter. Yeah, my bad. Disregard that. I just had a brain, brain shutdown. So when you're looking at the shooting guard, I like Austin Reeves. I like Austin Reeves a lot. I think this I think he could turn out to be a good basketball player. He doesn't have some positive influences. Positive guys influencing him. Mainly LeBron James. Not too many days you could play with a Hall of Famer, right? But 24 year old. He's 24 years old. His first time playing was last season in 2021. Played for the Lakers, right? Um, we already know that. Played 61 games, 23 minutes per game, 7 points, 46% from the field, 3 rebounds, and 2 assists, or 1.8 assists, but I'm just rounding up. That's not bad for a rookie season. I believe he can easily average 10. Because here's the thing. He can get you a couple assists. He can get you a few couple rebounds. But he's going to be able to be a scorer. And he's efficient from the field. So that's what you want. He's able to cash in a lot of his shots. And if he if he makes 4 out of the 10. Or if he makes 5 out of the 10. If he's hitting 50% of his shots per game. And he's only taking 10 shots. That's not bad. Now should he take more as a starter? Yes and no. Look at the guys he's playing around. you got to remember. Even in those 23 minutes, or how many minutes he played, yeah, 23.2 minutes he played per game. You have to spread that around Westbrook, Horn Tucker, James, and Davis. And you know a lot of those guys need those touches. While they can play off the ball, majority of them can, still tough. You have to feed everyone the rock. So Reeves getting 10 shots in, it's not bad. 
Lonnie Walker, the sixth. Um, look, he's not bad. He's deaf. Like, he's 23 years old. I like him. He's been improving each season. He's not just deaf related. He's deaf, but he packs a punch. I want everyone to understand that. I love Lonnie Walker. Lonnie Walker. I think he's going to be a terrific basketball player because when he started in 20, 2018, he was only averaging seven minutes and only got to score two points per game. Then 2019, that shifted up by 10 minutes, and now that's gone up by a whole uh, 15 minutes. 18 minutes, I'm sorry. But yeah, whatever. I can't do math today. But he had 23 minutes. But now he's he was averaging career numbers in points, which was at 12. Uh, career numbers and assists, which was a uh, career numbers and assists, which was two. He kept time for rebounds. He shot 40 percent from the field last season for the uh, for the Spurs for San Antonio Spurs. His career average for field goal percentage is 41.4 percent. He's doing exceptionally well. He did that in 70 games. Like, when healthy, he's a beast. And again, he's that guy you want to have a back. So, if when Reeves get relieved and he's able to have a few breaths, he's able to catch his breath, take a few minutes, take a few possessions out, and help. You're fine with Lonnie Walker. I truly do believe Lonnie Walker can pick it up. I believe he can do good or even better but then Reeves, and that comes from a shooting perspective. Reeves statistically is not is not outperforming Lonnie Walker. Walker's better than Reeves right now, and I believe it'll continue to be that way. The only reason why Reeves has been the active starter is because he I mainly well a he has more experience right. He's more comfortable in that setting. He's proven him more under the Laker way. And stuff like that. And he's going to be progressing. And he's pretty comfortable under that. Plus, let's be honest. Walker's also averaging 20 minutes per game. Last season was 23. So when you're looking at that. Whether he's a starter or whether he comes in second. Not the biggest deal. If he's still getting 20 minutes per game. And Reeves and him can share that. Now you get to more of your filler guys. Like Troy Brown for the third. Nunton for the fourth. Horn Tuggers for the fifth. So you're still going to have guys, and there's a lot more guys, right, that can be added for filling depth as fillers. No question in my mind. But when you're looking at Reeves and Walker, those two guys are solid. Those two guys are solid. I absolutely believe that. I absolutely do. That's not me just saying that. I absolutely do believe that. And, um... I believe that you're going to see Westbrook and Nunn. Because don't forget about Kendrick Nunn. He was averaging 14 points per game. And I know I forget. To, I think I forgot to mention that. Again, these guys have different purposes. But when Westbrook comes off, Nunn can pick up. Walker can pick up when Reeves comes off. And that's what you want. You want a strong second unit. So this way, your team's not fizzled out and the inconsistency is showing. 
and imbalances are showing and weaknesses are showing because teams are like, oh, wait a minute. We chose to survive the first round, first line. Now we can attack the second unit. So this is actually very favorable for the Lakers. And then you come on down to shooting a uh, small forward, and you see THT, Townhorn Tucker, starter, Stanley Johnson, second, Lonnie, third, Juan Scott Anderson, fourth, and Austin Reeves, fifth. THT, as the starting, uh, sorry, starting forward, I want to say starting guard for some reason, when you have him as that, he's averaging 10 points per game. Three rebounds and 2.7 assists per game. That is great. That really is. Like, let's not kid ourselves. That's not bad. It's not bad at all. And there's a lot more depth, but you know the reason why these guys were in the top five lines because they made it. They have t the Lakers have a lot of depth. They do, because you got, like, you got Mason Jones, you got T DJ Gustafson, you got Avery Bradley, you got all these different guys. You got Max Kurt, uh, Christie? Uh, Christie, yeah. So when you look at the full roster, you're like, wow, that's a, that's a lot of guys. And it, it's very impressive, because you still got a lot of, a lot of, a lot of guys. I, and I truly do believe that. I'm sorry, guys, if you can hear all of that clicking, but when I'm looking at these top five guys, I'm just saying depth from the perspective of that, too, because no one's going to get burnt out, in theory. So when that fifth line comes in, it's like, okay, that's working. You can sub guys in and out. You can just play with it. But you see guys like THT. You see guys like Stanley Johnson. Because Johnson's averaging six points, three, bound, three rebounds, and one assist. Again, it, it goes beyond the assist. It just does. You also have to say to yourself, okay, these guys can make an impact with or without the ball. It goes beyond stats. And I believe Johnson can cover it up in the second. In the second unit, so it's not like, oh, here we go. There's some inconsistencies with that small four position. Now, here's the fun part. Now we get down to power forward and center. Power forward command by LeBron. Center's command by Anthony Davis. Uh, Stanley Johnson's backing up LeBron. Then Juan Scott Anderson. Then Wenyel Gabriel. And then THT. Uh, Anthony Davis is getting, is getting the starting position, of course. But then again, backed up to by Thomas Bryant, which I like. I like Thomas Bryant. I think it was one of the best. I think it was one of the best free agents out of that entire uh, agency class, if you will. So I think Bryant could pick that up. Then you got Damian Jones, Gabriel, James. You get all that. You got Bryant, right? So you got guys in there. You got tons of other guys that aren't even in the top five lines, the top five units. But if you look from stars to second unit. There's going to be no inconsistency. If these guys play as they do on paper or pick up where they started from last season statistically, and even just on, just pretty well, like, what's the word? Not statistically, but just going off, don't worry about statistics, and they're playing their game, their style. I think that helps. 
So I'm going to shift over to the roster real quick because if you check out the roster, they have a tons of other guys. And when you look at it from a depth perspective, you want to have those guys because you have Carmel Anthony, you have DJ Gustin, you have um, Avery Bradley, you have Wayne Ellington, you have Dwight Howard, you have um, who else? Who else? Cool Swider. You have all these different guys. While they don't have the most impressive death in the world, when you're looking at things that really show, okay, you have guys that can fill, you have impactful guys, you have filling guys, you have guys that can win games, or could prolong games, or could really mean something down the stretch, in the clutch, really looking at things in game time perspective, in any aspect of the game, Statistically, or just what you see for your eyes, just giving that eyewitness. But I believe the starting position in the second unit is very strong for the Lakers. I believe they have a good depth. Not the best depth, especially with talent behind it. They're not the most talented depth in the NBA. I actually believe the Suns are. I actually believe um, the Clippers can. I believe the Bucks are. Just evident to their championship win. But things change, things evolve, things devolve, things just happen. And now I believe that the Lakers can proudly say that the guys they've signed, the guys they've kept, and the guys they're progressing on, training on, developing, whatever word you want to use, you can say starters transitioning the starting line to the second line, there's going to be really no improper balance. There's going to be that fine balance. There's not going to be an inconsistency. There's not going to be a drop-off. There's not going to be a negative effect. Is there going to be a balance effect or more of a positive effect? However you want to look at that. Especially if you have that on the graph. You see the first line. It's not going to dip down. It's going to go up. I don't believe there's going to be a dip. I believe it's going to sky. Go sky high. I believe it's going to rise. I really do believe that. You guys, you got guys like Juan Scott Anderson, Gabriel Brown Jr. and guys like that, right? Those are also going to be critical parts. Their rules are different, but nonetheless useful. And right now, that's going to be very important. So, death-wise, they're solid. Pen and paper, solid. I believe that this Lakers team can easily win 50 games. I easily do believe that. I don't believe they're going to be shortened by any amount. I don't believe that. I believe that LeBron's going to play good. Because you also got to remember, injuries played a factor. Sickness played a factor. And when guys have to take time off due to load management, sickness, injuries, whatever the case may be, personal time off, like whatever it is, due to emergency of some kind, whatever it may be, you got to look at it this way. When everyone's fully healthy, when everyone's playing their game the way they should be, the right way, and it's efficient, it's benefiting the team and benefiting themselves, but more so benefiting the team, that helps. That does. If Westbrook plays good, team wins. If Reese plays good, team wins. If THT plays well, they win. If LeBron plays well, they win. If Anthony Davis shows up for a game, they could potentially win. See what I'm saying?
And yes, I did take a shot at Anthony Davis. But I'm going to reserve all my shots. So Anthony, if Anthony Davis does play, they have a great possibility of winning. I truly do believe that for the top five guys, and if Stanley Johnson plays well, Kendrick Nunn plays well, Von Locker the sixth plays well, if Thomas Bryan plays well, if these guys play well, these top ten guys on that team plays well, they're secured in wins. And I believe this is a 50-win team. A 45-50 win team. Just having LeBron James alone can do that. Just having uh, Anthony Davis, LeBron James alone can do that. They won a bubble championship with him. Do not forget that. They won a championship. Just do not forget that. Don't forget about that. So I find this all important. So in the end, guys, in my analysis, in my brief breakdown, Thomas Bryant, Lonnie Walker, Kendrick Nunn, Stanley Johnson, solid guys, solid second line. Out of all the guys I've talked about, minus the starters, those guys, expect those five guys to have a significant impact, a tremendous upside for the Lakers, and really benefit that team. I truly do believe that. From the bottom of my heart, I truly, truly do. Because I like Walker, I like Johnson, I like Bryant, I like Nunn. I just like those guys. And I'm sorry, four. I kind of Johnson over again. My apologies. But if you just look at those four guys, I truly do believe that. Without hesitation. Even Juan Scott Anderson had to get in on it for the second. Would I be a little more hesitant? Yes, but I believe he could get it done. I'm not going to be that discouraging as things go. But the depth is pretty solid. I believe that. I do. I do. So, guys, with that being said, that was like my 20-minute, 25-minute breakdown of the Lakers' depth chart. And this is a team that they can go into the regular season Win 45, 50 games, get into the playoffs, or most, more preferably, the postseason, like the regular postseason, not the playing, just bypass the playing, just don't have to get sucked into that. That's what most fans want. Now, let's talk about Darvin Ham and his plans on running the Lakers offense for this particular, um, for this particular player. So, during a meeting last week, and it's also going to bleed into next topic, too. Next, uh, pretty much, segment way that through, whatever. So, during a meeting last week with LeBron James, the head coach of the Los Angeles Lakers revealed how he plans on having the Lakers' offense run through Anthony Davis. James agreed to the idea. He's agreeing with it. Because the Lake Show has been encouraged by the work Davis has put in this offseason. And they believe 100%, or at least they believe, he will be able to avoid serious injuries and can carry a heavier workload. That's, that's science right there. And, yeah. It also hopes that other players can get their act together. But Anthony Davis. And that makes sense. Because not everything can be ran through... LeBron James, I say that's why James agreed to the idea, because even he knows his limitations at his age, 
that it's good to facilitate the offense, run the offense through a different younger guy that show more promise. Because if Davis can show up like he did in 2020, you're looking at something. If he can show up as he did when he's not injured, that's significant. And I bet you anything Davis, when healthy in non-street clubs, he can play his game and he can be very effective for this team. Undoubtedly so. Undoubtedly so. And I believe that. And if, and if their beliefs are correct and they're valid, they hold up that he's going to be able to avoid serious injury. That would be perfect. If he could carry a heavier workload, that would be perfect. If he doesn't take so much load management, workman, whatever it is, rest, that's perfect. I'm not saying it's play all 82. I'm not saying he has to play 75. He at least has to play 60 to 70 games. That seems fine. That seems fine. So, Darvin Ham sat down with LeBron James during a meeting last week. He's like, look, running for Anthony Davis. LeBron James signed off on that. I don't know if he gave his blessing or not. I don't care. I don't know what those guys do uh, when they try to make agreements and stuff. I don't care. All I know and all I care about is that LeBron James no longer going to be the top guy that's going to be running the offense. It's going to be Anthony Davis. And I believe those keys should be handed to Anthony Davis. Do I believe LeBron James is still going to be the top dog, the top leader, the top voice in that locker room, in the front office? Yeah, I believe that. But I believe on the court, Anthony Davis is going to have a lot more say, going to have a lot more control, be going to be the guy to defer to. And if he's healthy, that's going to be a huge plus. And that's something that could benefit them for the regular season and that push for the postseason. I truly do believe that. I really, really do. So then with that being said, let's go to the last thing that I'm going to start wrapping this episode up. So, LeBron James had a productive, informative meeting with Rob Palenka and Darvin Ham. Rob Palenka is the general manager of the Los Angeles Lakers. Darvin Ham is the head coach, newly signed head coach, of the Los Angeles Lakers. So, Rob Palenka, Darvin Ham, LeBron James, and Rich Paul, Rich Paul is the agent for LeBron James, met up last week, had our meeting, after... Uh, LeBron James became eligible for a two-year, $97 million extension. Now, hey, now the stuff that I just want to say is stuff that James extra, uh, expressed greatly is the stuff that Ham undoubtedly agreed to because you have to, especially when you're dealing with a guy's future here and he could just walk into another organization. James stressed the importance of consistent competitiveness and cohesion. He noted that last season's team, last season's Lake Show, didn't give themselves a chance on many nights. And that is very true. Take when they faced against the Suns, against the Bucks, or any team for that matter. When they got blown out or when it got tough, they quit. And they just couldn't come back. Or when they tried to come back, it got even worse. Now, here's the great part. Ham agreed with James 
and actually stated how his main objections objectives are to hold everyone accountable and put together, assemble an atmosphere of selflessness. That's huge. And per Chris Haynes, the meeting was deemed productive and informative. And that is huge. So we have a top guy meeting with your front office, meeting with the head coach, meeting with everyone. You have to have a clear mindset. You have to have a clear knowing what's going to happen. What is everyone's thought process is being right now. So for LeBron, for the Lakers, this is huge. And this is something that should be taken note of. And I believe it has. So with that being said, that's that. There's productive meetings. There's informative meetings. And in the end, guys, I'm going to give my opinion, as I always do on this show. LeBron James is most definitely resigning with the Lakers. He's not going to retire with the Lakers. Planka wants him to retire as the, as a Laker. He's promised to provide him with every resource imaginable compete for a championship every single year he's with the organization. But James is not going to retire as a Laker unless his son, Bronny, is drafted by the Lakers or traded by the trade traded by the Lakers. Unless that happens, he's now retiring as a Laker. It's just not going to happen. James is going to retire with the Lakers if his son comes for a season or two. That's just fact. That's just it. So that's that. If we had to put everything into perspective, if we had to put the bow on it, and we finally had to ask the important question, especially for Laker fans, could they make the postseason? Could they have a good regular season? Pen on paper, everything I talked about, Lakers are easily a 50-win team. Lakers are also a very easy 45-win team. The Lakers are also a very easy 40-win team. I believe that 100%. They're going to win 42 games. They're going to be above 500. And I believe at, at minimum, they're going to make the playing tournament. Why? It's due to the fact that guys are going to come together. They're going to build more chemistry. They're going to see eye to eye more. Selflessness is going to be taking place. Everyone's going to be more composed, more ready, more action-oriented. And they're going to listen to each other more. They're going to bond a little more, if that makes sense. They're going to play like teammates. No more ego ball. No more, no more iso ball. More passing. And they're gonna and they're gonna look better day game in and game out. I truly do believe that. And if injuries can be held at at a low rate, that's perfect. If out if outages can be stopped or shortened, that's gonna be a huge plus. Where you're older or younger, those things just have to stop. Breaks have to stop. So if the Lakers can become more competitive, can be a more cohesive unit. A more cohesive, cohesive locker room, a roster, a more uni, uh, unified locker room, roster, whatever. That will be huge. Because it's all about executing individually and performing 
and building off each other's strengths and weaknesses. It's just forming that. It's forming that chemistry. It's forming that outline of toughness, superiority, stuff like that. I hope that makes sense. But I do believe the Lakers will at least make the playing tournament. I believe they'll get past the playing tournament and get into the postseason. Leave a better yeah for all y'all Laker fans. They can make the playoffs. And I believe they can. Now, they're going to have to get a lot, through a lot of obstacles because teams have been getting stronger, especially in the West. So when you're dealing with that throughout the regular season, you have to look to the West. If you look in the postseason, you make it to the postseason, you got to look for the West and the East. In a way. Because I guess right for the East, it would really be for the finals. But for the regular season, you always got to look towards the East because the East is strength and those are the teams you have to play. 82 games, you play both conferences, all those teams to buy. Got to play the 29 teams that are in there. Pretty much that. So, I believe, yes, the Lakers can make it. I believe if everything works out how we talked about here, but then it can work out. They have good depth. Their first unit, second unit, is looking really promising. They have a lot of promising guys. Remember the top four guys I talked to you guys about, minusing out the starting line. If Anthony Davis can play well, if he's able to get his stuff back together, put himself back together like a, a puzzle, I don't know. It works out perfectly for himself and for the organization. LeBron James is going to do well. I believe that. Everyone's going to have a more up-and-up year. I truly do believe that. And with that being said, guys, I will be wrapping up this episode. And I will see you guys Friday. Yep, Friday. So with that being said, guys. I will catch you guys that pretty much Friday. So enjoy your Wednesday. I'm taking off Thursday. About catch you guys Friday, Saturday. Until then, you know where to find us, courtsaheat.com, or find us on the social media outlets everywhere, like Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. Remember, you can text us at the Courts Heat text line, 602 Again, I will be linking the article to the LeBron James and Bronny um, article I put out. A very extensive, detailed article pinpointing how, when, and why, and where everything will be taking place for LeBron James and his ultimate retirement that's coming up within the next few seasons, especially with Bronny entering the league. Like, was it, like 2023, 2023, 2024? So, 2024, if he signs a two year contract. And what that means for everyone. With that being said, guys, I'm also going to link the last podcast episode down below. But go check that out. Again, we're on SoundCloud, iTunes, YouTube. Uh, post on Rumble sometimes if that has any value left. Um, pretty sure it does. I'm just not using it that much. Plus, it may not be the platform for me, per se. But yeah, we're on YouTube, Rumble, SoundCloud. Pot up iTunes, Google Podcast, 
tune in in different places like that. Pretty much wherever I have, I have tons of places on there. I'm just I'm listed everywhere. With that being said, guys, I'm gonna call wraps. And yeah, just enjoy your Wednesday. I'll be back Friday. This was my Lakers segment. I will think of something for Friday. Hopefully, new material comes out that we could talk about because I'm excited about this. We're trucking through the off season. And with that being said, peace out, y'all. I'll see y'all Friday.